0: You're listening to The Souvenir Shop, a podcast about random objects from the past. Number 48. The Psychic. A 45 RPM single on the Darts label from 1974. Other than this and the Billy Cotton cover of songs from Mary Poppins I dwelt on in a previous episode, I don't own any vinyl singles, always considering LPs, to be the legitimate choice of the serious music fan. When it comes to the paranormal, I'm the type who will happily zone out whenever someone starts whittering on about astrology, palmistry or any other nonsense humans have occupied themselves with since they stopped worrying about sabre-toothed tigers. Perhaps it's being a Leo that makes me naturally sceptical. I'll admit that a lot of this is harmless fun and in a chaotic world, can often be a source of comfort. I'll also allow that arguing about astrology with a true believer leaves me feeling as churlish and curmudgeonly as telling a five-year-old there's no Father Christmas. But there's one aspect of the supernatural that raises my hackles. And that's anything to do with fate and predestination. The idea that things are somehow meant to happen. There used to be a programme on TV called Deal or No Deal. You remember Deal or No Deal. It was hugely popular, and despite being the TV equivalent of someone flipping a coin for half an hour, the show somehow resurrected the career of Noel Edmonds. As the leading contestant neared the top prize, the poor viewer was treated to the sight of them summoning the spirit of the Delphic Oracle, they would do this by pulling that constipated, eyes-tightly-shut, red-faced expression people do when they think they're being psychic. If the contestant won the jackpot on Deal or No Deal, they would never say, Thanks Noel, I guess I just got lucky. They would put it down to fate, kismet, the big man upstairs, and the skills inherited from a long line of mystics and necromancers. So my question to someone who insists on everything being decided in advance by fate is always, why do you look both ways when crossing the road? After all, nothing will happen without the approaching car having your name on it, which won't happen unless your parents unkindly registered you as Skoda Octavia at birth. For me, the future is genuinely unwritten. Or, as the old Jewish joke had it, How do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Except, except, about four decades ago, something happened that genuinely rattled my ideas about fate. An incident made even more troubling by the fact that its weirdness was matched only by its lack of any significance. In 1974, at my school, there was a band called Kid comprising six of my fellow schoolmates. I'm using schoolmates in the loosest sense here. The band didn't know I existed except for the drummer, who was in my form and, along with the rest of the class, hated my guts. Kid were competent enough musicians, but their choice of material and performance style was clearly aimed at people who found the new seekers a bit too heavy metal. Our school Himes Park Senior High had some form in producing successful bands the honeycombs with their female drummer honey lantry had a massive global hit with have i the right and then about 2 decades ago blazing squad saw a lot of chart action by telling the world about growing up in the mean streets of chingford the high watermark of kids professional career was an appearance on new faces For those of you too young to remember, New Faces was a talent show mostly featuring cabaret groups with names like City Street or the Cosmopolitans and comedians in velvet dinner jackets telling the kind of joke that began A Pakistani trade unionist goes into an Irish mother-in-law's chip shop. Kidd did not achieve the level of fame enjoyed by other New Faces hopefuls like Lenny Henry or Shawaddywaddy. In fact, they came nowhere. They disbanded a year later, but not before they recorded the song they performed, Young Love, which despite enjoying healthy sales in chingford and holmes Park, didn't trouble the charts. As a sidelight, the writer and producer of Young Love, Harold Spiro, had a hit the same year fronting the Cockerel Chorus with Nice One Cyril a paean to the Tottenham Hotspur legend, Cyril Knowles. Five years later, in 1979, I was now in my second year at university in the city of Hull, a location chosen precisely because Hull in the late 1970s was in every possible way a very long way from Chingford. For example, at Hull, I wasn't despised by everyone in my class, because I'm still friends with many of them over 40 years later. In May of that year I had a small but troubling medical issue which needed attention at Hull Royal Infirmary and on a lecture-free Wednesday afternoon took the bus there. I was running early and decided to get off the bus and walk down Hessel Road, which leads to the hospital. Hessel Road was bleak even by Hull standards, with boarded up shops pubs no student dare enter and junk shops. Before reaching one junk shop, a thought fell into my head out of nowhere. I wonder if they've got a copy of Young Love by Kidd. Perhaps I was thinking of something, anything, to keep my mind off the certain verdict by the hospital doctor that I should arrange my affairs and tell my family I love them. I should say here that in the five years since 1974 I had thought about lots of things artistic, political and sexual, mainly sexual, but this asinine band from my time at Park Senior High was not one of them. In fact, I can safely say that until approaching that junk shop in Hessel Road, they hadn't crossed my mind at all. Outside the junk shop, in amongst the English electric washing machines, and discarded MI5 furniture was a table with boxes of records and one long box of singles. You can guess what happened next. I flipped past the Mungo Jerry and Dr Hook, and there it was, Young Love by Kidd, priced ten pence. How it made its way to Hull I will never know. Obviously I had to buy it and, following the hospital visit where everything was pronounced fine, returned to my student's house and played it on the living room stereo. "'What the hell is that?' said my housemate Gary, whose massive collection of 45 singles and sideline in DJing marked him out as a music connoisseur. "'I related the whole story about Kidd, Himes Park Senior High, the fact that none of them were my friends,' and the schadenfreude of watching Tony Hatch slag them off on new faces. He looked at me as if I was mad. It only cost ten pence, I protested. They saw you coming, mate. I still have the single, but it hasn't been played since. It serves as a reminder that whether fate exists or whether we live in a universe of chaos and chance, kept in check by the laws of physics, The truth is something none of us can possibly fathom. Whatever the case, I'm still left wondering why my sole encounter with the paranormal involved a terrible single by a school band rather than anything tangibly useful. Why did fate not tell me to buy shares in Microsoft, or for that matter buy shares in Zoom in 2019? Why didn't a treble on Brexit, Donald Trump and Leicester City fall into my head in 2015? Perhaps it did and I wasn't listening. I mean, I ask you. Leicester City? Do me a favour. That was The Psychic, written and read by Matthew Diamond. If you enjoyed this, then please like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also drop me a line at souvenirshoppod at gmail.com. I'll see you next time.